This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. When the news, we bringing it to you always. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka, and as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. It was 80 degrees today in St. Augustine. Okay. So, just letting you know, it's January 25th. Happy birthday to Bert, Zany Bert Rohde. Oh, Yeah. But it is 80 degrees down here in Florida while you guys are dealing with some cold weather. So I was happy to have some nice warm weather today. Nice. That's I nice. saw the Zany one yesterday. Did you? Yeah. For his birthday? No. Um, well, kind of, yeah. Because it was just our sister's birthday and it's Bert's birthday and your birthday somewhere in there, too. They All you guys have birthdays together. Um, but we just kind of had them over to, to hang out. I... um. Speaking of Zany Barodi, I, I was texting with him today, and I also was having some uh, I was having some new artwork done for some Birdland sports stuff that we'll talk about later, and all. But the whole reason I'm bringing it up now is because I decided that logos are boring. I want Birdland Sports to have a mascot, so I told the guy to draw me a mascot, and I said I want him. I want it kind of like the Oriole bird, but obviously different. But I want it to be like obviously that he's a fan there cheering on like us in our seats or whatever. And, and he um, drew the Zany Burt Roadie? I think he drew the Zany Burt Roadie as a bird. Hmm. Can you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, texted it, I texted it to Burt and I said, I'm pretty sure that you're my mascot now. So because he's got the one thumb up like Bird always does in every photo. So I was excited to see that come out that way. Yeah, that's cool. But, but yeah, happy birthday, Bert. Yeah. Uh, so. Yes, um, we have a lot to get to today. There's a, <laughs> a lot going on here that we, that we need to get to the bottom of with the, with the Orioles. Have, have the Orioles had a worse two forty-eight hours of PR as they had on Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, whenever that was? Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't recall. I, I feel like they scrambled for today's announcement to try to get some goodwill back, and we'll get. We're going to break all this down, right? But it, it seems like today was a little scramble to try yeah. to be like, oh, we really screwed up last week. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting a bad off season, I, I like a slow off season. But this has been bad on a lot of different levels. We were, but and we're going to get into it because I think yes. maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall, but. Yeah, but we'll we'll get into it. We were expecting a slow off season, kind of just to like a pause off season to focus on international, to focus on some other stuff, to prep for next year and stuff. Right. Not, but that's not what we got. We got a a um, a uh, I don't know a big uh, something to the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get into it, any thoughts on uh, uh, the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship games? Uh, any yeah. any takeaways? Any kind of Raven connections? I don't know. Like, what what are your feeling, feelings in those games? Well, I got a, I got a, I got a couple of big takeaways. Yeah. My one big takeaway is that I really like Tom Brady in Tampa. 
I don't hate Tom Brady. I find that I'm cheering for Tom Brady. And that's weird. So I think uh, Tom Brady without Belichick out of New England, I like Tom Brady. See, I was about to drop my hot take that I'm rooting for the Bucks in the Super Bowl. And so you now you kind of you kind of stole the hot take from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because it's not because you're right. Because Tom Brady's not with the Patriots. Like I hated the Patriot version, Tom Brady. Yeah. That's half of it. The other half was. I mean, I don't really, I don't love Tom. I'm not I'm not a Tom Brady fan. But I I don't like Mahomes. I'm not, and I'm not gonna buy a jersey. But but I like Brady. He's fun. Oh, see, I wouldn't even go as far as saying I like Brady. But. I know the Chiefs are going to be good. Everything I'm already like the Chiefs are the new Patriots, right? And Mahomes yes. is new Tom Brady, and yes. so I'm just I'm already starting to hate on the Chiefs because that's and, going to be the team, you know, that's going to be a thorn in our side for the next ten years. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Like I, for some reason, I like to see the Packers struggle in their own stadium, in Lambeau Field. I feel like yeah. I think it's because the broadcasters. And people that cover, like, football put so much pressure on Lambeau, and it's like a temple, and it's the Packers, and it's January, and it's Lambeau, and that's what football is designed to be. So then to see them struggle, I enjoy. Yeah, I, I like underdogs, too, and the Bucks were the underdogs, so you kind of root for the underdogs. Um, and the Bills, I, you could, I know a lot of people, a lot of Raven fans are jumping on the Bills bandwagon, which I get. But again, my mind goes immediately to, okay, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson get compared a lot. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want Josh Allen to beat Lamar Jackson to the Super Bowl. So because right. that because that comparison will then get you know take the next level. I mean, Mahomes already has surpassed Lamar Jackson, so that's not a comparison. But I think Josh away, Allen and Lamar Jackson is a good comparison. Yeah, and for that game, we said last week the Ravens are a better team than the Bills. They just had some bad luck. Uh, the Ravens would have gotten their butts kicked by the Chiefs, also. Yeah, I think so. The Chiefs are unstoppable. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, but I'll be for rooting it. for the Bucks. But I, it also has the potential for Mahomes to just run away with it. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady. I mean they, they showed a stat during the game with Brady and Rogers games like in the playoffs or something, and they were bad numbers. I talked about before, yeah. like Lamar Jackson's numbers are bad. Everyone's numbers are bad in the playoffs because it's harder. I mean uh, Tom Brady threw what two or three interceptions in that game. Right, like, it's just harder to play in the playoffs. But yeah, if, if uh, Tom Brady throws two or three interceptions against the Chiefs, for, that's blowout city. And it's really fun. The other another takeaway from this prepping for the Super Bowl is it's really fun to remind Steeler fans that uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fun little thing to point out to them. I know, but they can just come back at you saying, well, we just signed Dwayne Haskins. So that's, that's what they were going <laughs> for them. That's about to come back? <laughs> is, is Dwayne Haskins supposed to be? All right. Oh, yeah. Look at that AFC North. We've got uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and uh, who am I missing? The, Who's the guy the Bengals have? The Bengals. Um, the guy Who's got injured. Young guy? Yeah, the number yeah. one pick um, from L- LSU. Oh my gosh! I'm blanking his name. To, to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. There oh, it is. Yeah. Burrows and Haskins. <laughs> That's the AFC North. There's no way Haskins is their starting quarterback next yeah, year. Yeah, they need to hurry up and get if Deshaun Watson if, if or something. They, the only thing that could be if if they're like Ben won't leave, and we can't kick Ben out. So yeah. Haskins, you're the backup. Yeah. Well, they got that Mason Rudolph or whatever too. That's a True. serious competition over there in Pittsburgh for for that team. I. I and it's cool for the Bucks to be hosting the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks for their fans because of COVID. Like you don't get the full NFL experience. The teams don't even get there till two days before. So like all the cool excitement of like being the host city would be really cool. Ah, they're really are yeah. there really diehard Bucks fans. There are. Okay, there are. I, I've met the, a few. That's the same city that brings you the Tampa Bay Rays. So. Well, that city, where the Rays, Rays had a good, did they have a good season? This past year? The, yeah, yeah, they were in the World Series this yes, past year, weren't they? Yes, yeah. The Rays were in the World Series, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, so it's only fitting for the Bucks to win the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, it's not fair, Tampa Bay. I, could you imagine, I mean, all I want is the Orioles and the Ravens to get into the playoffs the same year, Yeah. let alone yeah. this magic. All right, but it could be from what we're reading. Let's get into it, Josh, because from what I'm reading, it could be a while before the Orioles are in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> well, if they, if they do get into the playoffs, uh, there might not be any coverage. 
Yeah. Well, that's, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the firings or the weird defer money? Yeah, I want to get to the bottom of this. And like I know as far as li- 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 listeners go, we, we, re- we have a spectrum of listeners. So I want to kind of break it down and, and kind of talk about all the little bits of news. Okay. But, so let's start from the beginning. 1993, Peter Angelos purchases Orioles. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I think in the end, Peter Angelos comes out of this story as the good guy. You think so? I think his sons might be the bad guys. Mm, see, that's a great point, Josh, because what I wanted to bring up about Peter Angelos is he was criticized all the time, not for not spending. Right. He was criticized for meddling with the team and yes. not knowing what he was doing and doing like dumb moves. Most recently, right. uh, playing a hand in the Chris Davis signing. But he was but not he known play? for being cheap. Yes. He was known and, for meddling. And beyond that... What he was known to do is when the Orioles, at the end of every year, when they'd have to uh, settle up the books, the Orioles a lot of times were in the negative because right. not enough fans were coming out to pay that huge salary. Right. So what Peter would do is he would just write a check and say, here you go. And he would personally cover that difference to make up for the negative that the Orioles were in. Yeah. But now so the now, team is run by Lou yeah. um, and John. Angelus, and and, and Peter's and with Peter's age and frailty right now, Peter probably doesn't even control his own money at this point. Yeah, and That's what probably all managed by his sons. And what we're getting at, boy, boys and girls, is we're looking at the Orioles' finances, and the Orioles are making a bunch of curious decisions recently. And what we're trying to figure out is: are these kind of frugal moves that they're making to save money now, or like is this a bankrupt franchise and we're kind of screwed? But Josh, to that point, to go along with. Yeah. Lou and John, yeah, they bring in Michael Elias to kind of complicate things, because Michael Elias' mo is kind of these one of these new GMs that everyone criticizes for being concerned not just with putting a product on the field, but like doing it cheaply. Like it's right. been obvious that Michael Elias has no interest in paying for a team or winning right now. Yes, and so he's not signing free agents. He's not even trying to to compete right now, and he's open about it. So he's not trying to win. So there's no incentive to really spend money at the and, major and, level. And you're right. He's known for that. He's known to be the guy in that'll come in and manage your books as low as possible. Yes, until it's time to win. Yes, he's not Dan Duquette. Where here, let me get a guy on a one year deal. This guy on a two year right. deal. Like let, let me make some shrewd moves to try to get to five hundred. Maybe. You know, everything, everything uh, goes our way. We he's, can sneak in the playoffs. No, that's not him. Yeah. Right. He's the let's come out of nowhere and win, which is a lot harder to do now that everyone knows those tricks that were coming out of nowhere. Right. Now you can forecast those. Okay. So there's that going on. That's kind of the Orioles context. And yep. then there's this larger kind of baseball world context where, and I, I have it right here. Um, let, let me pull it up right here. In last year's season, it says, this is according to Fox Business News, if you trust that source. (laughs) (laughs) It's just looking at math and facts and money. I think we're okay. It's It's not (laughs) saying whether or not the vaccine works. Right, right, right. So anyway, this is a quote from them. Trump won the election. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not the right right quote. Um, Here's a quote. Go down a couple sentences. (laughs) 30 MLB teams are $8.3 billion with a B dollars in debt here's another quote they're expected to post between a 2.8 to 3.0 billion in operational losses this year right so bigger debt and a loss this is combined across the team i don't have specific data on the orioles but across the league 2.8 to 3 billion dollars in losses right and and i made a comment on twitter about something like this and someone responded like oh well you don't know their books. You don't. And, and I was like, yeah, we don't know their books. But here's what I do know. The way baseball team, baseball management works is generally the, your ticket price, that pays the salaries of the players. Then the food and all that stuff also pays other employees at the stadium. And then advertising, TV money is where you eventually start to make some money off the team. So, but what I know is that no one bought a ticket to the Orioles last year. Right. Here's the Yet quote. all those players were, fired, were, were paid. So a, you lost yeah, money. 
Here's a quote by Michael Elias on October 16th. So this is going back to the end of the season, October 16th. Here's a quote by Michael Elias. He said, quote, we do a lot of planning in business in general outside of baseball. I just mean business in general. We do a lot of planning, budgeting. Baseball teams do a lot of planning, looking ahead, and all of that is totally out the window because of this event that came in and turned the world upside down. So we don't know. We can't estimate our revenue, our attendance. We can't estimate various things that we look at when we look into a player or roster or budget. So what he's saying there is not only for this past season, right, we didn't get the revenue, right. but we don't know in 2021 what yeah. our revenue will look like. Which is, yes, which is what we're, in this podcast, we're going to focus it on the baseball world. But you're right, this is a global thing. Like, businesses don't know. Businesses are trying to forecast. We've got... Yeah. High unemployment. We've got people not shopping. We've got small businesses and restaurants closing every day. So, but with but baseball, the, you sign baseball. guys now for what they're going to do in April and yes. May, June and July. Yeah. And we will there be fans? Will there be right. half fans? Will there be full and capacity? I, will the mayor of Baltimore go on a power trip and allow no fans? Like you just don't know about these things. Yeah, and and that doesn't even that's just COVID related stuff. When we get on the Madison side. Remember, we still owe, what, $100 million to, to the Nationals right. over Masson lawsuits that's going back and forth? And that's, yeah, that's, so there's a lot of context here. Then there's specifically the Masson context. Josh, yeah. I can't, every time I read Brittany Giroli, she acts like the Nationals are getting screwed over by the Orioles' hard time. And then, but I mean, I've be. been raised to believe that the Orioles were the ones always getting screwed for stealing our market. So I, I, well, I, mean, I don't even know. How, how I'm supposed to feel about this whole mass and dispute right. thing. And that's complicated because the Nationals are making cuts and the Orioles are making yeah. cuts. Now we're getting deep in the weeds here. Um, but, but let's talk about Masson. All right, Masson. And we'll get – we still – I mean, we're going to stay – let's stay on this general thing. Then we'll get to the actual facts well, that they fired people and that they asked uh, arbitration deferrals. We'll get to all that. Well, because, again, what I want to know – is this just kind of some budget here. cuts, or is this a larger kind of issue with the Orioles and not having yeah. money? And all this conversation matters in answering that question. Here's the deal. Here's why the Masson issue and why we got to this point that we are and what's screwed up about the Masson issue is that when the, when the Nationals came to D.C., everyone knew that that was going to screw the Orioles out of a lot of business deals, business suite tickets, uh, the more expensive season tickets, all those advertising, all those business relationships, we knew were going to struggle because you had lots of D.C. businesses, lots of government stuff that would come to Camden Yards for baseball. Yes. It's not a long drive. So we all knew that was going to hurt. Major League Baseball knew that was going to hurt. So Major League Baseball at the time came to Peter Angelos and worked out this deal where in exchange for all that that's going to hurt, you get primary ownership, and you get a big chunk of money out of the Nationals' revenue. And then, so they did that, and everyone agreed to that. And then what happened is the Nationals started saying, you know what, this isn't fair. The Nationals went to Major League Baseball and said, no, we want the money from our own market. The Orioles shouldn't be making money off us. And Major League Baseball sided with the Nationals. Right, and it seems As like a lot of people do. side with the Nationals. Brittany yeah, Droll side with the Nationals. Because, because, it's, because it's been 10, 15 years that the Nationals have been there. There's lots of people in baseball, and there's lots of younger reporters right now that don't remember the Orioles and Camden Yards of the late 90s, early 2000s, when Camden Yards was packed every night. Not because the team was great. We had a lot of losing seasons then. But because... We had this huge market share, yeah, and, and that well, got shrunk. Yeah, and the mat and the Nats. For the record, the Nats are not happy with what Masson's doing with the cuts they're making on the, on the national side. They put out a statement yes. today, not not happy about it. Of course, it. of course, and, they're not happy. And I feel what always kind of rubs salt in the wounds of Oriole fans is we saw this week also them sign um, Brad Hand for something like eleven million dollars a reliever. Before mm-hmm. that, they signed Kyle Schwarber. Right, a couple of years ago they signed uh, Max Scherzer, and they, last year they, they signed Corbin. So they, they keep on making great owner, that great owner who even despite Peter Angelo screwing the Nats out of a ton of money, they yeah. continue to spend a ton of money. But I think it's also we got to remember and back up to what I was saying about the attendance pays the players. The TV money is just extra money. The TV money in the big picture 
we like to think like the TV money is this huge money. It is to you or I. In the, to the baseball team, it's not. The attendance is where most of the money comes oh, from. Oh, and hundreds of million dollars along with attendance for attendance on top of attendance yes. prices is, I mean, beer. Every time they sell a beer, they make $100 off a single beer or something. Like, it's insane. So <laughs> I think, I don't know if the math's quite that way, but yeah. So you got to remember that, that pretty close. The Nats, the Nats being screwed out of some baseball money isn't stopping them from spending money because they have the attendance, they have the sweets sold, they have the businesses. They have all of that that the Orioles do not have right now. Right. So it, it, it stings. It hurts. Um, I also think as Oriole fans, we've never been happy with Masson. Since Masson came to be, we've always had issues with Masson. We've always heard HTS. Yeah, bring that back. HTS was fine. It was simple. It was one channel. The Orioles were on it. From the start, they made Masson and Masson 2. Is this and the games and, would alternate, right? Is this not Madison one? Is this not Madison two? Here we are, fifteen years later. The games still alternate back and forth. But no. remember, for those first five years, not every cable network had Madison two, so you might only get every other game. You'd right. only get the Madison one games. Right. And then for a while, we had Madison one was in HD. Madison two was not in HD. We've never been happy with the Masson broadcast. It makes no sense. And I still cannot get someone to explain to me. I've been arguing this for five years now. Why we don't have Masson DC, Masson Baltimore, and be done with it. Well, and then they there's also, in addition to that, there's a complicated factor of Masson being owned by the Orioles, right? Because then you have yes. not only conflict of interest, because I, I, I checked Rock's blog before c- 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 coming on here, because I always do. Who, who works for Masson. That's where I get my Orioles news. Yeah, the main yeah. – Not a word about yes. all this nonsense that's been happening with Masson. Not, not a word. And so yes. – which is understandable, because you're not going to badmouth mouth the person you work for. Right. Um, but it's also – it's a conflict of interest. And when you're going – when your main reporter works essentially for the Orioles – but that, yes, but that's all sports and all teams are doing that right now. The Ravens have, like, three reporters that work for the Ravens. They have a Raven blog. They've got Fine, a Fine, Josh, podcast. but who, bro- who broke the news about the, the, all these um, firings of, with the I massive firings? Was, I believe Dan Connolly. Yeah, it was The Athletic. And uh, I, the Athletic. I don't, I don't remember if it was Dan Connolly or someone else, but it was The Athletic. Um, yeah, and, and the Athletic broke their story about the arbitration news, too, which we'll right. get to in a second. The Athletic broke it. I know. That's why I pay for the athletic because As it's you good should. writing, and they and they are actually like unbiased reporting about the Orioles. Right. So, is that the context? Can we talk about the news now? What happened? So you have the uh, the yeah. owner so context. I, so you have so the COVID all, context. Right. You have the mass and dispute context. Right. So we, now we can get yeah. to the news. Uh, let's see. COVID. The Angelos family. No one likes Masson ever. Right. And uh, yeah, let's get to the let's get to the actual news. Yeah, um, and so the, uh, there's there's a couple parts here. The first part is that was first announced. They they let go a bunch of announcers. Yeah, do you have the list? I don't. Do you? <laughs> no, but I can pull it up. Gary Thorne, Mike Bordick. They got Jim, Jim Hunter. Jim Hunter. Um, they got rid of uh, the pregame and postgame show with yeah. Tom Davis. Yeah, and I want to talk to, about that later in the show because uh, we've got a solution. Yeah, but. but Dave Johnson, one of my favorite. Get rid of him. It's a long list. Ray, Rick s- Dempsey. Oh, is Brian Rick Dempsey Roberts. gone too? They yes. Well, they they announced today. Rick Dempsey and Brian Roberts will still be around for community relations. Okay, so still under the team, but not okay. Yep. And and um, a lot of people are critical that they retain Scott Garceau. Maybe we can get to that later. But but yeah, the, so, but the big news is Gary Thorne and all these kind of long tenured. Oriole announcers. I mean, I Mike mean, Bordick. I mean, Jim, these are guys. Jim Tom Hunter Davis. Was, these are guys who are like entrenched right. in kind of Baltimore and Oriole culture. Jim Hunter's been here for twenty-four years. Yeah. I mean, how long Orioles. has Tom Davis has been here? Tom Davis has been covering the Orioles. I don't know. I, my entire existence. Yeah. And you got like it's, former players like Mike Bordick and and Dave Johnson. All let yeah. go. All let go. Yep. Um, and and. It, and these are related to also cuts happening with the Nats. There's also cuts, I guess, at the website. This seems across the board. There's a larger um, movement of cuts here um, involving Masson, which seems like budgetary related. I don't know if it's specifically COVID related or just general it's, budget related. 
It's, I mean, it's 100% budget-related, whether or not it, COVID adds to all of that and the uncertainty of COVID adds to that, all that. You, Josh, yeah, it's, a, it, but it's you, all you, budget. I, I wonder, though, if this would same thing would have happened without COVID. Because oh, it, it I, might. I, I say that because what happened last year, pre-COVID, they brought in a whole slew of guys. Right, that was pre-COVID. They brought in Kevin Brown. Well, they brought up Jeff Arnold. Yes, um, they may have been preparing for this by saying, "Hey, these mass and salaries are getting out of control. Let's grab some young guys." And we joke that they have like 50 announcers, right? We, we yeah. would make that joke, and, and maybe so it was preparing ones, to to kind of get them a year under their belt and then make the cut. Right, like last year we had like 20 guys. Right, they've narrowed it down to eight. Got eight people, which actually kind of makes more sense to have eight as opposed. To, like you don't need 20. Uh, except, except that the pregame and postgame shows are gone, and this right. is eight rotating people. Right. I guess what it's I meant like is, you, is you, you don't need a new baseball. You don't need a new commentator every night on TV or the radio. I listen to I, Joe Angel every night for how many years? You, you don't I need agree. a different guy every night. And I like – I would rather have Kevin Brown every night than have a new guy every night. I, I agree with that. I don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're going to mix it up again. No. Kevin Brown is the radio guy. Scott Garceau is the TV guy. It's Scott Garceau, I think, and I forget but who. Jeff, but they said it's Jeff going to be a regular Arnold. routine. Right. Okay. So that puts Kevin Brown and Jeff Arnold on the radio. Yes. And Scott Garceau great. So and Ben I like, McDonald. I like, both, I like both those guys. Yeah. Scott Garceau, Ben McDonald on yeah. the TV. Yeah. I, I like those guys. That's fine. I know. Everyone hates Scott Garceau. Whatever. I, I don't know. He's a good guy. He's been good to us. I'm fine with yeah, him. Yeah. I have no issue with Scott Garceau either. Then, it, then you got this weird mix of, well, don't uh, Jim Palmer's in TV also, he's going to be in and out. Yes, Jim Palmer will be there as well. Again, but that's kind you, of last year. It's kind of unknown for this year, right? What's right? What Jim Palmer? And then you've got these weird like sideline reporters. Yes, that are going to that they sit, they list them as TV and radio. Melanie really Newman, the, yeah, is there? Melanie yeah. Newman, Brett Hollander, and Rob Long. Yeah. Oh, Rob Long. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Rob Long and, is still there. That's interesting because he was doing some of the. The pregame stuff last year. Right, right. And, and they were saying, so they got rid of the postgame and the pregame show. And when we say they got rid of it, it means like the 30-minute the studio show before and after. Right. So it sounds like what they're going to do instead is a little five-minute closing comments, which and, is what they opening used to do. And comments by the announcers. And then hand yeah. it off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sounds like that's the chance that like Brett Hollander or Melanie Newman is going to from the field, talk to the player, and then cameras cut off, we go home. Yeah. And if, if – so sticking with the news here. Yeah. If, and if that was all the news that was announced, you would say, okay, fine, whatever. Like Masson, they're making cuts to Masson. Maybe you all could right. have seen this coming a year ago with all the, the new blood influx. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to get rid of the, right, these large payrolls that have been inflated over the years. Right, right. Trying to get a new generation of Oriole fans. Yeah. All that. All right, we can accept all that. Let's stay on Masson real quick. Because Masson tried to clean up some of their mess today. Okay. And, and you saw their an announcement today. Did you? No? Yeah, yeah, What's about what? the app. Okay. Yeah. Masson is to That's launch a thing on the phone, market, an application on your phone, and download it. streaming. Yeah. So Masson has, now, has announced plans to launch its own dedicated sports media app. It's not just for your phone. It's also for your Roku. So you'll be able to watch on your TV. I can watch on my Fire Stick? Uh, no. You're going to have to get a Roku, it sounds like. Oh, what's wrong with the Fire Stick? They don't like Amazon? <laughs> I don't like Amazon. I've got lots um, of problems with the Fire Stick. It's okay. But I yeah. can't watch it anyway because I, uh, for other reasons, which but I'm then, sure you're going to get to. But then part two, yeah, here and this is where everyone got irritated, is you have to Just log stop in. reading. Read, read part one and then log off. Don't read part right. two because that you ruins it. You have to it. log in <laughs> with a TV provider login. No big deal for you. You can just use dad's login and you'll be fine. Now, he always changes his password now. I can't figure it out. Oh, it's so screwed up. That's why I use the one from the beach house because no one knows it. Yeah. Um, so you could use that one. But uh, so the whole thing that people want is to be – lots of people have switched to you don't have cable. Well, you do. You steal my cable. You and I share a YouTube Live uh, account. Sure, now. yes. Is that what it's called, YouTube Live, YouTube TV? YouTube TV, yeah, YouTube TV. YouTube TV, which is awesome. I really like YouTube TV. I've been very impressed with it. Yeah, I I have too. Uh, But if I have that as my cable provider, I can't get Masson if I'm in Baltimore. I have to have Comcast or DirecTV or uh, Verizon, whoever they have deals with in that area. Right. So, again, they've gone and said, all right, we're going to fix this thing. But we're going to do it in our own weird way. 
Yeah. When what they could have done is just said, hey, we now allow in-market streaming. Go to the MLB app like everyone out of state does, and it all works fine. There's no need to have a Masson app. I use the MLB.tv app to watch every single Oriole game. That's how you should be doing it. This, and this Masson app is stupid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's the, the one thing standing in the way is, is is a little guy I like to call Comcast, right? And yeah, Comcast wants wants you to have Comcast to watch the Oral games, and if right. that's a lot. I mean, for a while I, I had cable just to watch Oral games, and I wanted nothing mm-hmm. else. And eventually, yeah. I got rid of it. Um, Do you remember when there yeah, are people and, are holding on just for the Oral games? Yeah, and that's how it's always been. And remember when we were kids, HTS you had to pay extra for, right? So we'd, we'd have to, we couldn't do it, so we'd have to change the track in to get all the lines to go away so that we could see it in black and white. Yeah, people think this, this uh, finding illegal ways to watch games right. is new. No, we've been doing we, this for a long time now, guys. We, we hey, had boys and girls. way before Reddit. Yes. So we would, we would get in there and steal the little cable and watch, our, watch uh, Ben McDonald, Mike Messina in uh, black and white with the radio going. Worked perfectly fine. Hmm. These cable deals, <laughs> these cable deals are a huge issue, and they're not, that's what we don't understand. My comment this weekend was, with all these things the Orioles are releasing and firing all these Masson employees, now would be a great time for someone like uh, Amazon or Apple or one of the, YouTube Live, one of these streaming companies to come in and say, hey, Orioles, we'll buy all the rights. We'll yeah. buy your TV rights from you. Just give, us, give it to us. Let us do it properly and get Masson. Stop trying to do it yourself, Orioles. You can't run a you, – you've shown you can't run a team on your own. You can't run a TV network apparently on your own. It's time to hand off those rights and sell the Oriole rights. There's lots of internet companies that will jump at the possibility because they want to eventually own all the teams. Yeah, and we see this movement I think happening more with the NFL where it's, some weeks – I don't know exactly how it works, but you can watch – Games on Fox or on Prime or like on all these different locations. And And there's rumors that like DirecTV, the NFL ticket, their contracts expiring soon. And there's always been rumors that one of these big tech companies is going to come in and buy that package. Yeah. Yeah. So they all they all won in sports. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm at the point now I'm so sick of Madison where I'm about to like sell my car, sell my house sell my George Foreman grill, and maybe try to pursue buying the rights of the Orioles on my own and, and, and you know, just to do it myself. That guy, how about that, one, that person that won like $500 million out in Allegheny County? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can someone put me in contact with him? I got a proposal. Yeah. You go buy Masson. You yeah. can't afford the Orioles. Let's buy the Orioles rights. Yeah, I'll contribute uh, a couple bucks to, to that cause. Yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah. Because uh, the, oh, the other thing that's stri- – <laughs> when we talk about Masson and how we all hate Masson – it doesn't drive us all crazy that they don't broadcast anything during the day. It's like an infomercial, World Series of Poker, or and then the Oriole game that night. Yeah. They don't do they they no they also scratched like almost all their spring training coverage this year. That's the spring training too. I don't know why they're not covering. I would watch DL Hall just throw to a catcher. During spring training I, workouts, I would right. watch. I would sit and watch it for an hour. I, I would. Said, I'm not I watching the World Series of Poker on. Why don't they have cameras at spring training? They can use the security cameras and have it just auto rotate through the cameras. I would watch that would more, watch more than it. I would watch one camera behind home plate. Just as they do scrimmages, we'll all watch it. Yeah. There's no. We don't need an announcer. No, we don't. It, it, it boggles my mind. It, I don't understand. And they're like, what? <laughs> no one watch. You have a whole TV network, and you have all you do is put on the Oriole games and nothing else on it. It makes no sense. Yeah. And you have two networks. Yeah. You don't know how to manage a, a t, uh, You don't know how to manage a TV network. Pass it on to someone else. Yeah, and that, and I think there's going to be if there were not a lot of play uh, spring training games last year, there's going to be less this year. I think it's going yeah. in that direction. What, what do you think the chances are that this streaming Masson app is out before opening day? Um, I think it's a good chance. Now, what are the chances it's out and it's working and people like it? I think that's less of a chance. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be out by opening day because I don't think they had plans to do this. Oh, you think this was a total PR move? I think this was a total PR move. There's some, in, there's some nerd in the back in the tech room saying, what? What? Why'd you announce that? <laughs> I think that they said, oh, we really upset everyone. What is some, how can we appease them? Oh, they all complain that they can't watch Masson on their phones. 
let's let's fix that. And poor Joe in the back room, they tell Joe, hey, we need this app out. Because I'm pretty sure I remember reading somewhere at some point that all like that others teams have worked out in market streaming through the MLB app. Oh really? I thought I saw that last year. I remember complaining about the Orioles about it. Yeah, I mean this is right. this is not a new thing on this podcast. No. We we have, no. we have touched we, this. We've complained about Matson many times. Yeah. So, um, in fact, part of what I enjoyed down here in Florida is that I don't have to watch Matson. I just turn on the MLB app and get the the broadcast. Yes. Yeah, I know. It makes me want to move. I don't get the World Series of Poker during an opening during a rain delay. Instead, I get a, a just a static image that says "rain delay." We'll be back, which is way better than the World Series of Poker. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, but that's Masson. Masson sucks. It still sucks. They cut a bunch of people. Now the weird thing that <laughs> that the Orioles did that also says what's going on with your money. Okay, so a little more context here. This is again um, the Baltimore Sun. From October 16th. Yep. Here's a quote, um, not by anybody, a quote from the article. It says, The Orioles offseason so far on and off the field has reflected that this budget cuts. They moved on from pitching coach Doug Brocal and third base coach Jose Flores shortly after the season ended. And people speculated with the, this is end quote, and people speculated with, with those moves that maybe getting rid of Doug Brocal was, a, again, a budget reason, and they brought in, you know, the guy overseeing all the pitching to be the pitching coach as well. And then the article kind of continues, and Wednesday's news of a dozen layoffs and furloughs across the business side of the organization, end quote. So on, in October, they laid off a dozen people. They fired the pitching coach, the yes. third base coach, presumably Which, to bring in people who are also cheaper, and people speculated, oh, is this – Baseball related, but also is this financially related? Right. But we weren't too worried about it in October because we thought, oh, it might be, it's just be a change in the guard. Right. Bring in, bring in Brandon Hyde's guys. Right. But all that to say this was and – then, and then, okay, so just more, more context. And maybe this meant nothing. Again, maybe these are all just baseball moves. But they, they don't offer a contract to Renato Nunez, which I questioned. They didn't yes. offer a contract to Hanser Alberto. Both these guys were just were in are in their arbitration years, so they'd be making I don't know a couple mil, 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 million bucks. They didn't offer them contracts; right. they just let yep. them walk. They trade Jose Jose Iglesias. They they got his I think it was two point five million dollar pickup option, and then they immediately traded him for a small return, which we all thought was a little bit kind of odd, right? Because right. you wanted that good shortstop up the middle to solidify the defense with young pitchers, and we had no one. I mean Richie Martin. Is our only other shortstop? He's coming off an injury, and you don't know what you have in him. So it was a little bit odd. But you say, okay, maybe like he wasn't. Jose Iglesias was not part of our 2023 World Series plan. So fine, you trade Jose Iglesias. Okay, right, right. And then we get to, and then we, yeah, and that kind of brings us up to date to uh, what they did or tried to do with Santander, Santander, and Trey Mancini. Yeah, yeah. Which again, which Dan Dan O'Connolly said. No other team has ever tried to do something like this before. <laughs> yeah. So again, this story was broken by the Athletic. Of course, that they tried to, that they tried to defer during the arbitration hearings for both Trey Mancini and Anthony Santander. They tried to defer half their salary. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent to the next year. Um, and from the, my favorite part of the Dan Connolly article is a veteran of arbitration dealers from the owner's side simply said, "Wow." Just wow, because no one has ever done this before. It so essentially what they're trying to do is, is a, they owe them their arbitration money, and yeah. they're saying 25% of this, can we just wait and pay it to you next year? Right. And because Which isn't a whole lot of money. You're talking a few million. We're ta- no, we're talking combined. Both of players combined. Four and a half, right? $1.5 million. All right, $1.5 so, million. So what do you do? Try, like, what financial situation do you have to be in? To try to save $1.5 million. Maybe. It's a lot to us, but to a baseball team, it's nothing. No. So, to Maybe they said, hey, Trey, Anthony, let us defer this one half, or we're going to fire half of Masson. <laughs> <laughs> but, Josh, this but is it's, like, it's, you are, you are, you are doing something change. no other team has ever done before, and yes. you are also, like, risking, risking, like, upsetting your players by not yes. paying them the money that's due to them. All for $1.5 million. I don't think you do that for no reason. You do that because you need that $1.5 million, right? And 
And yes, and here's the weird. What, and you're exactly right with those relationships. When you have a friend, and that you owe that guy some money, and you cheap out on it, or if that friend like like doesn't pay you back at all right away, or well, see, I'll give it back. I, yeah, I'll give it back to you next year. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't trust him to lend him money again, right? So don't you think that when it's time for an extension for like a real money, like. P- Put your career in Baltimore contract for Trey or Anthony Santander. They're going to remember this stupid little thing. Yeah, that you were petty over. You were trying to pinch uh, a penny. Five yeah. million. Yeah. All because you're. I mean, and, uh, and, and and like agents, like agents, like agents talk, and agents know all the other agents, right? And the agents are talking like they're right. laughing about the Orioles right now, about the Orioles trying to yeah to to save this one point five million dollars on a. On, a, on an arbitration salary but, deferral. Right. But put this into perspective. The opening day roster for the Orioles is projected to be $60 million. $38 million of that yeah. goes to Chris Davis and Alex Cobb. Two players, yep. So you're talking really, uh, what's that, $22 million for your for the rest of your team? Yeah. Then in that case, 1.5 is a, high, is a big percentage of that. Well, and here's but you're really trying to be cheap, and then it's gone to the next level with news after this that the Orioles might be looking into trading Anthony Santander. Well, yeah, and there's a couple of things here because I think this is a fascinating conversation about whether to trade Santander, which I would be all on board with, but I think we need to talk about it for a second. The the other question is though, and someone mentioned this in an article. Here, here's like a warning sign. You know the Orioles are strapped for cash. A, a if they trade Santander and the return is nothing, then you yes. know they're strapped for cash. The other way you know they're strapped for cash is if you see, if you see this, guys, we're screwed. If you see this, we're screwed. If they package Santander and Cobb in any deal, That's we good. are so screwed. Good point, because Davis, you can't package. You can't you package. Could, you could package Cobb. And tell Tokyo. someone, take on the salary, and you can have Santander, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah. And you might be able to get a team t- to jump at that. And at, that's... But that right. would be, but that would be total crap, right? That would yeah. be getting rid of Santander for nothing as because a sal- to, to dump Cobb's salary. That's run for the hills. We're screwed. All right, let's come back to whether or not we should trade Santander because I, I want to have that conversation, but not about money. Okay. Let's finish out the money conversation first. All of this stuff of the Orioles being cheap, 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 trying to get payroll down, try to get Masson down. It's you can't help but ask, are they trying to sell the team? Are they setting up to sell the team? I'm not saying the team's moving to Nashville. Right. The team's going to stay in Baltimore. But the question but is, is like, Angelo's family getting ready to sell them. Right. Do, are Lou and John, are they, are there, is their attitude like we have no interest in dumping more money into this team? I, because you, cause you like can it. say what the team's worth, right? Because the team is worth yes. a certain amount. But it's the also like how much you make every year and yes. how much you lose every year. And last year, I'm certain the Orioles lost money. I'm certain the Angelos has lost money I, last year. I think every baseball team lost money. Right, because I shared those money, the billions of dollars that they lost across the league. Yes, exactly. And, and that's, and that's going to have this year. We could, be going for, we could go for two hours talking money in baseball. We might have to push it to next week because this COVID year, is really setting up to affect the CBA negotiations for next year, right? And money in baseball, right? But let's, but, sa- let's save that for next year. But fans though. don't always get that. That Angelos is the Angelos could be worth you know a billion dollars. Like this organization could be worth whatever it is, seven hundred fifty yes. million dollars. But you still could have lost, you know, fifty million or a hundred million dollars last year. Like both yeah, those things net, can be true. Yeah, Netflix I don't think's made a dollar yet. They right. still have a huge. If they want to sell, they're still worth billions. Right. Right. So you're, and so you're right. If the Angelos have no money, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how John and Lou, like, I, I, I don't know. John's, remember, John's comment last year was the Orioles will be in Baltimore as long as Fort McHenry. He didn't say the Angelos family will own the Orioles as long as Fort McHenry. Right. And, and he said the Orioles will be in Baltimore, which is pretty clear. The Orioles, even if a new owner came in, the Orioles are not going to Nashville. No, they're Major staying in Baltimore. Baseball will not allow that. Yeah, they're staying in Baltimore. They'll do an expansion team before that. Yes, they're staying in Baltimore. But, but like, the Orioles, um, yeah, we, I mean, we know Peter Angelos, I don't think, would sell the team. But we talked about it. Peter Angelos is, is getting old. The team is right. now run by Lou and John. Yes. I don't know how Lou and John feel about owning the Orioles. I don't and know. They cl- 
it, they're clearly not worried about winning before Pops dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not the priority. We were hoping that would be the priority. It looked like that might have been a push during the Manny and Adam Jones years. Yeah, and they had, they had a small window there, and it didn't yeah. work out. Yes. But and, right now, that's not the push. Yeah, I mean, and the other side of the argument, sticking with money, the Orioles yeah. did. We talked about it two weeks ago. The Orioles spent more than they ever have in the history of their franchise What's in it? international signings. Yeah. So 15 million, 17 million, something like something that. Something like that. Like they spent all their international yeah. signing pool money that they were allotted. Right. So they weren't cheap there. Well, so, so that, also, that's encouraging news. Yeah. And sorry, you get, if, if you build a farm system, even if you're going to sell the team, if it looks like your team's going to be good in the future, your team is worth more when you go to sell it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, because it's just like a GM. If the Angelus family decides next year, not, they won't do it this year because COVID the numbers are down and all. So they'll, they'll want to do it next year when it bounce backs to get most value or something. But if they decided to sell the team and then uh, Steve Bashotti comes in, buys the team, and then two years later they win the World Series, everyone will credit Steve Bashotti, even though the Angelos family led, built the farm system set everything in motion in this direction. It's like your GM, and you fire the GM, and then you start winning. It's the Andy McPhail. Yeah, yeah, and, and you make more money when you win, of course, as an owner. Yeah. And I, I don't know how it works, but I'm sure just Mike Elias being here and what Mike Elias has already done has increased the value of the Orioles, right? He, yes, because we have a process yeah, and a plan. And, yeah, and people have bought in across the league. Like People look at the Orioles and say, okay, like we're moving up the farm system rankings. Yeah, like is, what we're doing is working. All right. Is it telling that the Orioles have not jumped on the bandwagon of, like, a trust the process theme or trust the process uh, T-shirt? Like, we jumped on that right away. Isn't it weird that the Orioles haven't tried to market that? Yeah, I'm kind of glad, though, they did. I mean, just look at the Sixers. This kind of backfired. Yeah, never I really get it. Out, but I-, I get it. And they tried real early with the walk with Elias, but they really could have blown that up and done a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I don't need catchy slogans. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with my caution. No, I, I don't need it either. I yeah. just want the World Series. I'm just surprised that they didn't try to make some money off of this. So, a couple of warning signs for short with money. We traded one, like, it's Trade Santander. Besides the ones we've talked about for the past 40 minutes. We're short with money. Come box them together with Cobb. We're absolutely dead broke. The, the other sign, when we traded Jose Iglesias... Michael Elias said, we're looking to bring in another veteran shortstop on a short-term deal. Like, yes. It's clear like they were looking to, to – like they traded Jose Iglesias and got a prospect back. It was clear that Michael Elias was looking to do the same thing. Let me sign another guy to a one- or two-year deal and swap him back. If the Orioles right. do not sign a shortstop, if they do that's not sign a shortstop at all, yeah. that's, that was not part of the original plan going into the offseason. Another sign, they're short of money. So pay attention if they shine a short. It's still early. Okay. you got a bunch of big names still out there, Dita Gregarious or whatever. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a big be... name either, but I'm just saying, like, even like a small veteran name, if we don't sign a, a shortstop to like a million bucks, we're Is short this of going to be a new little short segment every week, the state of the franchise segment, where we say, all right, in the past week the Orioles did this. Is that raise or lower their, their value? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Is or this outlook? Is this yeah? Is this what, like, we, we what does this mean? I, but, I think that's a good idea. Well, the Orioles have 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 at this point lost the benefit of the doubt. So now I am going to look at everything through this kind of crit- critical financial lens yeah, it's, to see what it says about them. Oh yeah, every move they make is: Are you trying to sell the team? Are you trying to save money over win? What? Well, and the other thing about it is, Josh and Brittany yeah. Drolly mentioned this. And she said kind of the worst thing about the mass and layoffs on the Nats and the Orioles side was like there was no heads up given and it's just happening All right, a couple the, months for the season. But that's the Orioles way. We've heard that many times from coaches and players. But, but is, this, is this the Orioles way or is this like poor planning? Like are they realizing now, uh-oh, we like, have less money it, than we thought we would have? Right. Like, or was this always in the works? I think maybe I can see that argument, but I can also respond and go back with, sorry, Jim Hunter, uh, Gary Thorne, if you guys did not see the writing on the wall when we hired 25 employees yeah, last year. we brought up Jeff Arnold and Kevin Brown yes. and Brett Hollander, younger right. guys. Well, yeah. Right. Then that's also on you. 
Yeah. That's not how they chose Gary Thorne over Scott Garcia. I don't really get that one. Yeah. Other, I don't know. Don't know. Scott Garcia isn't new blood. I love Scott Garcia. No. He's not Scott new blood, though, compared to. No, he's not. He's like the. Uh, He's the veteran old guy to try yeah. to lead these people. Yeah. I don't know. He's always said good things about the Orioles. I guess Angelos is like him. I yeah, well, they, I they mean, make those. I'm, and I guarantee Scott Garceau is a radio guy. Scott Garceau was way cheaper than Gary Thorne. Oh, I have no doubt he's cheaper. I have no yeah. doubt he's cheaper. Um, and he's a local guy. Yeah, yeah local celebrity. People know the name. Sure. Yep, yep. So he's things. probably the biggest name you could get for the lowest budget. Yeah. Again, it's all about money. All right. All right. Do we want to talk about Santander trade, or do we want to get to next week? How, how, are, you, how are you feeling here? I mean, well, it's, it, it, I think it has to do with this story, and who knows? It might, it might be traded by next week. All right. So I think, yeah, we should talk about it. Because I think it's really complicated, to be honest. I agree. I think I like Anthony Santander. I think his sample size of being great was so small that trading him right now, could be trading him way on the upside. And I also think as much as I would like him to lead this outfield, we have a lot of outfield prospects that could come up and field this outfield. So right. I don't mind trading him. Yes. I mean, in, 20, in 2023, my right fielder is Kerstat anyway. It's not Santander. Not to mention we got Eusenio Diaz. Not to mention we got McKenna. All these guys having made their appearance in the, yeah. in the outfield to go in there with DJ Stewart, Ryan Mancus, Dream Mancini fitting that outfield somewhere. We got a ton yeah. of outfielders. Yes. Right. So, I, so as much as I like Anthony Santander, right now, if you're going to trade someone, you're not trading Trey Mancini. No. Uh, you're probably considering trading Trey Mancini. But it's not a good time to trade them just coming off the cancer. Um, it's a bad look. So your, bad your bad biggest, optics. I don't know if the Orioles, I guess, don't care about optics. But it's still it's bad optics. I don't think it's optics. I don't think – I think that's where you're like, let them bounce back, and then you can trade them. Who, who, like, who do you think, who do you think what the team would rather have right now, Trey Mancini or, or Anthony Santander? I, I read an article this morning about the Atlanta Braves wanting to go after Trey Mancini. Oh, uh, yeah. Fit, fit right next to – is Nick Marquez coming back? Did he retire? Is he coming back for one more year? I don't know. Hopefully he's coming back. Yeah. I love Nick Marcakis. Me too. But, but, but um, Josh, Josh, but I, 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 I agree with most what you said. The only part I disagree with, you said small sample size, which is correct. So I think if you look at Zip's projections, he's projected yep. to get one, a 1.9 war this year. 1.9 war this year, which will put him in 2019, last full yeah. season, right around Hansa Alberto. Like not great. Like a good, but right. not great. So you're, I, I think teams – Look at Anthony Santander at his full 2019 season, not right, at his not 2020, 2020 small sample size. And so the return for the 2019 Santander is not that strong. Right. Unless you assume. But, again, the 2020 season ended with what? Injury. So, yes. you, so you, you don't even know if he can stay healthy. You don't know if it was just – I mean, what was it, like 30 games? Like, yeah. It was, it, was, it was half of a shortened season. And, but he was your Orioles MVP. Yes. So I think but, it, it, it would make more sense if a team, if Miami wants to assume that they're trading for 2020 tra- uh, Santander and they're willing to give you the package of 2020 Santander, then fine, you pull that trigger. But I, I personally, I would say I believe in Santander. I think he's young. He's 26. I think he's, I don't think last year was like a fluke. I think he can build off that. So give me another good year at Santander. Let I, me show the baseball that Santander is legit. And then trade him. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he. I believe last year. Last, next, I believe last year is part of his him growing up and growing into this because he's a young guy still. He was a he was a rule five guy. Yeah. So I think yeah he's growing and turning into this guy, um, but I would not. So I would be surprised if they traded him now because you would think it would be a down time to trade him, unless you do a package with Alex Cobb. That's a disaster, um, though. They, I, yes. I, I mean, Santander is – I mean, he, he would be – he's a good outfielder, right? He's a good outfielder. Yes. If he plays like he did last year for a whole season, he's going to hit 40 home runs and be one, you know, and, and, and be one of the best players on your team, um, be one of the best players in baseball for, um, if he can do that for an entire season. Right. Um, he's also, though, like an average to, to subpar outfielder. 
He's a below average base runner. Just look at the metrics. And so you're counting him for all that offense. I know. But, it, but if he doesn't produce Orioles. offensively, I mean, that, that's it for him. Um, and you have guys coming. You have now Diaz, Kerstad, DJ Stewart. Like, yeah. you'd think one of these guys um, could, could take that but, spot. But, and you got to remember, we just saw the Orioles try to be all shady about $1.5 million. He's only up for probably $2.5 million. Right. So they could trade him yeah. to save that money. Well, he, oh, yeah, he's the, one, only, he's the only guy that they, they didn't he did not, sign a deal with yet. Yeah, and he's projected to be between $1.7 and $3 million. Okay. So he's probably going to end up with two, two-something. Right. And teams are interested in this, him because he's 26 years old. He's developed. Oh, and, and, he's, and he's with the team to, I don't know what his free agent date is, like 2025, I think. So he's going to be. What's that? 2024. So you own this kid. Yeah. I actually think it's a 2025. I think he's a super two oh, guy. So he gets an extra after, year. After it's, I've, I've got uh, MLB trade rumors up right in front of me. It's okay. after 2024. Okay. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, and this year he's relatively cheap, but next year right. relatively cheap. And so, yeah, and you get this guy for a while. So he might be, but also if we don't trade him now, he could, he, this guy is designed to be your all-star break trade. Yep. And then you slide using El Diaz right in there to that spot. Yep. You take using El Diaz in AAA, and then you slide him right there at the all-star break when you trade Santander. Yeah. If he has, if Santander has a great first half, there's a good he's chance he's trading. Yeah. Because there's no one else on this team worth trading. Unless you're going to trade Trey. Right. Unless you're no John one else Means, on this team to trade. Uh, Trey Mancini. Right. But, but yeah. But I, I don't think I, – I mean, there's reasons you don't want to trade Trey Mancini. Um, and I think there's also, like, you need starters. I think they're not going to get rid yeah. of John Means. Um, no, especially – John Means struggled for the first half this past season. But it was a weird season. And that he closed the season out really strong. Yeah, and it's not like you have, like Santander. You have guys waiting in the wings to take his spot immediately. Right. John Means leaves. He's being replaced by a Tommy, Tommy Malone signing or something while you wait Tom for these Eshelman. young players. Yeah, Tom Eshelman's going to take his spot. Yeah. You see, uh, Brandon Klein retired this week. Yeah, I did. After I did. getting his debut last year. I did. It was surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah surprising. But again, he was one of those guys that was kind of in the minors a long time. He's twenty nine years old. Yep. Um, so I decided to go and uh, get a career where he could spend more time with his family. Yeah, good so. good for him. I, I, I have a ton of respect for people who make de- decisions like that. Yeah, totally. To to, And then he like he made it to the – what's amazing is he made it to the majors last year, so he was on the upswing. Yeah. So it's not like he walked away like, I suck, I can't make it. Well, he yeah, that's that what he – I mean, he was a free agent, so he could have been signed yeah. by anybody. Right. Um. And, but he said, like, it wasn't an issue of not having offers. Like, it was an no. issue of just him not wanting to play anymore. Yeah. It was an issue of you, we take for granted because we would all give up everything to be a baseball player. Yeah. But we do Including our granted. families. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We do give up, for, we give up the fact that all baseball season, they're away from their family. Josh, if you could, if you could leave your family, if you had to leave what, them. What family? What family? I'm gone. <laughs> Don't know what the other part of that is, but yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to make thirty but, million dollars and strike out every <laughs> every other at bat, sure. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's not Chris Davis. Um, that's why um, if Brandon Klein was making thirty million dollars, I don't think he would leave if, his family either. If you put me in AAA with a shot to make the majors, a legit shot to make the majors, I'll leave my family. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would leave my family too. But, but he's done that. He's been through that. Right. He's been I, at that grind. He's for, guy. Yeah, he's been doing the grind for, what, seven years or something now? Like, he's been at doing least. that grind for years now. At least. Yeah. So. Um, I get it. So, yeah. yeah. And it's got to be a hard – it's got to be a hard decision. But you know how it goes. Whenever you make those decisions uh, and you can be comfortable and confident with you made the right decision, that's really cool. So yeah. congrats on Brandon Clyde. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, again, I respect – like, it's like those football players who retire at 26 or something. Like ton of respect for those guys. Yeah, just like, walk away. Uh, Dominique Foxworth. Yes, he he had that knee injury in Baltimore, and then he uh, that was the same time that I knew him pretty well. So um, he had a limp and was walking around, and he was like, oh, "Man, if I get injured again, I'm going to have this limp for the rest of my life." So he stepped away because his kids were babies then, and he wanted to be there for the kids. Yeah, and that's awesome. If yeah. you can do do that, we'd all we'd all 
respect that and love that. Because a lot of players, and probably us, would just, like, playing the NFL, they would just keep playing. Like, break yeah. both my legs, or keep on playing. We're eight years into this podcast. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yet uh, we still keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, it's something when you're working really hard for that. So yeah, yeah. all right. So I did. Wa- Any oh, other I, notes you want to get into here? I, I did want to say that since you since Madison's canceling all the post game shows, we're working on br- putting together a post game show for the listeners, mm. for podcast fans, for everyone else. Uh, There's not a that, jo- Josh recognized the hole and Josh just zoomed right in that hole. Josh loves to have a hole to fill. Uh, yeah, I saw that whole. I yeah. had the idea. Remember, about seven years ago, we would do our own post game shows. Yeah, uh, with, for Baltimore Sports Report. When we, but we were then competing with Masson. So yeah. I saw this big opening where uh, there's a big hole, and there's we want to be competing with Masson. Um, Is it going to be professional, which, Josh? It's going to be as professional as this. All right. It's going to look good. It's going to be video. It's going to be a rota- It's going to be more hosts rotating than Masson. We're going to try to rotate. It's going to be at least two people. Do you expect layoffs in the near future? Uh, no. In fact, I'm still recruiting hosts. But, <laughs> but, uh, but if you listen, basically, I put out a little comment like, hey, I want to do this. Who's on board? And I believe every Orioles podcaster has reached out to me. Yeah, every Orioles person on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I, I was not expecting all the feedback that I got, but I got the ball rolling. I believe it's going to be called Birdland tonight. Well, someone's got to do those West Coast 10 o'clock games. I've got that. Andrew Stecka <laughs> has already signed up for the West Coast games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Living on the West Coast. Um, good for him. I think you and I will do a bunch of them. I think yeah. we are going to start it off in probably beginning of March with like a once a week show to build up once or twice a week so we can get all the technical stuff worked out and tests. Broadcast. Is this pregame, postgame, or just postgame? It's just going to be postgame. Okay. It's just going to be postgame. You're going to be able to turn on your laptop or phone or whatever, however, you, your iPad, and watch it. Maybe we can get on that Masson app. If Masson <laughs> can make an app, we can make an app, right? So, right after the game, uh, turn off the TV, turn us on, and we're going to talk at least probably 30 minutes in a, after every game. We'll Video? Be talking. Video, yeah. yeah all right. It's going to be at least two hosts. Every night, work kind of breaking down the game okay. and talking about other stuff. Yeah, you don't think people like the uh, the little Harry Potter door behind you and the stairs? Yeah, I know. If Harry Potter walks out here right now, that'd be awkward. I know. I don't like my background either. Might put this episode up as a video, um, but oh, yeah. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, I know. Because uh, we're starting to test things, so we'll be doing a bunch of testing in February and go to live with this in March. And I think it's going to be called Birdland Tonight. Because my company's Birdland Sports, so it's a real easy. Just slide it into that LLC. Yeah, just fill in that hole. Yep, just fill in the hole. Yeah. So uh, look for announcements coming soon, and look for some stuff in March as we start to uh, go live with this stuff. But for now, you should go on over to both Twitter and Facebook and like Birdland Sports. You get to see the picture of my new mascot that looks like Burt Rohde as oh, a bird. Nice. And then, then uh, you can also just like those pages because that's where some info about Birdland Tonight's going to come out soon. Sweet. So, but uh, I think that covers uh, the Orioles news this week. The Orioles are cheap. Mass and sucks. That's all right because we'll, uh, we, we will fill your hole. Podcasters have to fill it in. We're going to fill your hole. There you go. You're really trying to make me make this episode called "Fill Your Hole," right? <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't. I regret the whole thing. I take it all back. <laughs> so. All right. Well. Um, yeah, so we'll so we'll come back next week, where like I'm gonna every, I'm like gonna read every everything the Orioles do now. Like they are under a microscope for me. Yeah, I I am totally hooked. I'm reading send every us, article I find, every quote I can some find. Name suggestions I'm for this segment. What's that? We got we need people to give us some name suggestions for this segment. Oh, for, for the segment uh, where we look yeah. at the, like, the how like cheap it. the Orioles are. It's like uh, it's like the Jim Cramer report. What's Jim Cramer's show called? And we've done the Jim Cramer segment before with the bye 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 oh, sell, the sell, sell, sell. Mad money. But we need something like the we need like a mad money segment. I don't want to do buy and sell. We save that for other things. Yeah. But we need like is the market up or like a bull or bear type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. Well the music's been playing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook. You follow Birdland, but you also follow me on Twitter if you don't. At section 336. I tweeted like two or three times this week, guys. All right? So <laughs> get on board. Uh, you can also... Yeah, your tweets are normally to make fun of me. 
That was only one tweet. That was one tweet. I one tweet. I've sent five tweets the past two weeks. One of them was about you. Okay. All right. That's. You know what? Masson said the same thing. We have all these employees. We only fired one percent of them. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Fine. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll tweet more unrelated to to you. Okay. Um, no, but I, I hate tweeting. I, I, things are more complex than that. This whole conversation took us an hour to understand what yes. was going on with the Orioles. And you want me to put this in a 140-character tweet? Get out of here with that. No, I think that's why we're going to have some cool things like this in the future where we can kind of be more interactive. Yeah. Because there's context here. There's history. There's yes. all this nonsense. All right. Oh, yeah. You, but you can follow me on Twitter. At Section 336, you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. All right, give it. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.